it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Sports Talk here. Heading towards uh, 6 o'clock on this Monday night, the phone line is indeed open, 217-356-9397. Matt Daniels is in the house. Matthew, how are you? Doing good, Steve. How are you? Have a good weekend, did you? I did. Don't remember what I did, but it was good. Watched the rain, probably. Uh, that, uh, yes. It thundered the other night, uh, late Saturday night at our house, and my four-year-old son, Sully, looked at me and asked me, Daddy, is the house going to break? Uh, but it did not. Good so, question. Yeah, it was. Very insightful, insightful question from him. So shout out to Sully for, for that. But uh, yeah, it was a reputable weekend. Good weekend for Steve Stricker, that's for sure. It was. Former Alina and lots of other sports going on throughout the weekend. Yes, yeah, Strick won $450,000 by winning the uh, Players' Championship on the uh, Champions Tour. Had his wife on the bag. Nice way to spend the weekend. I'm sure she was happy with the to lug that bag around for four rounds, but uh, a good deal for him. Bob Osmussen is with us on the uh, telephone tonight. Robert, how's it going with you? I'm good. I'm monitoring the Cardinals for you guys. Make sure they're okay. We don't, so we don't, I'm here in town. We don't talk about that team in St. Louis anymore, Bob. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Well, she, she still cares. I know that. Well, we I, care. I still care, but uh, they need monitoring, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm checking them. They're kind of sure nobody's got things on their fingers. They're kind of on uh, life support. They did make some uh, roster changes uh, that were announced just uh, in the last few minutes or so. The uh, team selected the contract of right-hander Roel Ramirez from Memphis and recalled rookie uh, lefty Brandon Waddell from Memphis to make room. The uh, team optioned Seth Eldridge and Jake Woodford and um, they also designated first baseman John Nagowski for assignment. All their problems are solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Guys that uh, you really haven't heard of, but uh, they need to do something. They're uh, in a funk, and they're playing the— uh, It's early. It's early, Steve. It is early, but you got to do it's better early. against the— uh, the teams that they've been losing to here lately. And at some point it's going to be late and the Cardinals aren't going to make up for their atrocious June uh, at all. So, yes. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you guys complain a lot for, for, for a team that won a bunch of World Series. My team's won one World Series in my lifetime. So, you guys can be quiet, please. It's like, how many, how many tells have they won, Steve, in your lifetime? Uh, 11, something like that. Okay, so, yeah. So, you guys be quiet. Okay, I got one. I, I mean, Bob, I've only got one. two, so. Well, okay. Yeah. So, Scott can complain. More. I only have two as well, yeah, Bob. More. I only have two. Well, both of you. Yeah, I only got one. I'm waiting for number two. That uh, sounds bad. Cardinals are scheduled to play perhaps the worst team in the National League uh, tonight in St. Louis, Arizona. 
comes to town. The Cardinals all of a sudden are eight games back in the uh, National League Central Division, 37-41 and 41 now. Cubs are at Milwaukee tonight. The White Sox already have their game tonight postponed due to the weather, but uh, we'll see how things go with that. We do have the phone line open, 217-356-9397. If you want to talk baseball, we can do it. But some basketball scheduling to talk about. Scott Ritchie, the um, Big Ten ACC Challenge matchups are underwhelmingly <laughs> <laughs> public now with Illinois drawing Notre Dame, but at least it's a home game for the Illini on Monday, November 29th. Yeah, and that's one of the sort of underwhelming matchups out of the 14. And I, mean, I get you know Illinois and Notre Dame are geographically close, and they used to play all the time pretty regularly in the 30s through the 70s. Um, but it's just the third. It's the third time they've played in the Big Ten ACC Challenge since 2015. Um, that game in Champaign was you know the grand reopening of State Farm Center. Also. Officially, my first game. It seems like the, a long time on the ago. beat. Was <laughs> a long time ago. It but it, then they played again in 2018 in South Bend, and then now number three in seven years. And like, just give me a little more variety. Well, I think you'd have a lot more incentive to it if Notre Dame was the Notre Dame we come to expect under Mike Bray coming into the season. But last year they were really, really bad. I wouldn't say they're as bad as the Cardinals are right now, but they were they were up there. And, and the fact too that it, it's a just over one through fourteen, there's not really kind of that that marquee game, so to speak, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. At least it seems on on paper at all. Now maybe one when it happens and rolls around in late November and, and December first, maybe some teams are playing really well and it changes kind of the narrative at all. But last year, Illinois at Duke, I think, was arguably the top game in the challenge, and and this year, I think it's lacking a little bit, although. I had Scott Ritchie rank all 14 games for tomorrow's paper so he can fill you in on, on what he's thinking. I mean, I think the top game is probably Duke at Ohio State, and as part, Ohio State could be really good if E.J. Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr. both come back. Duke should be better, and then there's the craziness that will be the Mike Krzyzewski farewell tour making a stop in Columbus for whatever and, that'll mean. And Duke's going to be a lot better, or they should be a lot better next in year. In theory, yes. I mean, be tougher than be worse just based on the sort of the consistency uh, which they've played over you know decades but i mean that that game i think could be pretty good um florida state at purdue i think it's more maybe interesting for college basketball mm-hmm. like people that really yeah. get into college basketball um michigan at north carolina has the mm-hmm. the name recognition north carolina we'll see what the hubert davis era looks like but uh and then Louisville at Michigan State, again, name sort of popped there. Indiana at Syracuse, the same. And then it's just kind of teams are thrown. I think maybe they put everybody's in a hat and just drew them out, <laughs> and this is what they got. And it's, like Steve mentioned, sort of underwhelming. Notre Dame at Illinois on Monday, November the 29th. Also that night, Iowa plays at Virginia. The other matchups real quick, Scott mentioned some of those, but Indiana is at Syracuse. These are games on Tuesday, the 30th of November. Indiana at Syracuse, Minnesota at Pittsburgh, Northwestern at Wake Forest, Duke at Ohio State, Florida State at Purdue, and Clemson at Rutgers. And then on Wednesday, December 1, Virginia Tech at Maryland, Michigan at North Carolina, Louisville at Michigan State, Nebraska at NC State, Miami at Penn State, and Wisconsin 
at Georgia Tech. Get excited. <laughs> and really flip your skirt. Well, it? but the thing of it, too, is is in last year we were just happy to see the Big Ten ACC Challenge actually happen because we weren't sure if it was going to, and then it was weird watching Illinois play in an empty Cameron Indoor Stadium. But also, too, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, by no fault of their own, it's just been around a long time, and, and they've recycled some of these matchups. You know, Michigan, uh, North Carolina have already played in the Challenge. Like we said, Illinois, Notre Dame, um, Wake Forest and Northwestern, I know they probably don't play each other every year in the Challenge, but they've been notoriously bad for a number of years, so it always seems like they would kind of link up. Indiana-Syracuse has a little intrigue to me, just because you think of those two teams, you think of the rematch of the, the 1987 title game and all, but uh, there's just, and again, it's no fault of their own. It's just been around for what? This will be the 23rd yes, edition. exactly. So Started in 1999. So I think that just kind of adds to, to some of it as well. Not to, when it gets here on the calendar, I think college basketball fans are going to look forward to it. Obviously, Illinois fans are going to look forward to, to hosting Notre Dame as well. But just because of the matchups, you've pretty much had every single matchup that you could have. And they do try to pair like-minded teams based on what they did last season and that's kind of the the history of the matchups yeah i thought there was a little less of that this year or they're just projecting a little bit and maybe you don't see some teams faring quite as well illinois is nine and 13 in the uh, big 10 acc challenge who'd they play in the first game remember that well i have the list here so Uh, so do i (laughs) it was it was duke you're right bob way to go it was duke illinois won that game number six against number 10 in the country in that one so uh, some good matchups there, but uh, Illinois will try to pick up win number 10 in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Any other scheduling tidbits that you're aware of, Scott, for basketball? Well, the Gavit Games pairings, I think, came out since we last right. had this show. So Illinois playing at Marquette in that Big Ten, Big East crossover event. Um, Two Monday night games in November, at least, with yeah. the Gavit Games and the Strange, Big Ten ACC Challenge. But I'll take it. As long as it's not like late Monday night, it probably will be. Probably will be. Um, so between that, bragging rights, uh, Arizona, the Arizona game, mm-hmm. and then the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, they'll, they'll play two of Arkansas, Kansas State, and Cincinnati. You know, the non-conference schedule is coming together, but that still leaves five openings to kind of sprinkle into earlier in November, and then kind of around whatever you know the two early Big Ten games end up being in December. What are you hearing about uh, the guys being back on campus and, and going through some some workouts on their own over at Ubbin? Do you hear anything? Just that, I mean, the fact that they're back. And yep. That's you know, a good and sign. And the fact that July the 1st, they can make some money potentially on name, image, likeness. That, yeah, uh, Trent Frazier is, I think, geared up for yeah, that. Yeah, I he's, think it does. I mentioned like he's going to be on Cameo, which is uh, a service where you can get uh, famous people, I guess, or athletes to you know, wish you a happy birthday or whatever. I think you can give them a script and they'll say whatever you want uh, to, I think, to, an to a point. <laughs> um, I should qualify that. So he's going to do that. Um, there's a like a gaming streaming service where you can pay to like play Call of Duty or Fortnite with Trent Frazier if that is something you want to do. So I think he's going to be on that as well. He says his, he's tweeting out these plans and just to let everyone know that he's ready to take advantage of the change coming this week to 
you know, how athletes uh, can, well, will be compensated. What's to stop somebody like Trent Frazier or anybody else? Matt Daniels, you called him. Hey, this is Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do a feature story on you. And he said, that'd be great. It's going to cost you X. And we'll punt. <laughs> no, thank you. Yikes. Yeah. Sorry, Trent. Call somebody else. I mean, theoretically, could that happen? I don't know. I, it's a interesting conundrum, I guess, that uh, could be coming down the road. Yeah, no, it is for sure. And, um, you know, and, and wow. <laughs> Bob's adjusting to change. Uh, I, I just, no, I'm just, I didn't think. I'm, Steve, that's a great question. I want to hear what Matt says. Sorry. No, I, I think if that were the case, we've never actually, we've never told someone we're going to write a story about you and then they've demanded that we pay them and we've never, we've never done that. I that's know, just, but they've, they've never been in no, a position. that's true. That's very true. Um, maybe they try to set something up with sponsorships on Zoom calls or in-person media scrums, you know, whatever background they have. I know Illinois started doing this six, seven years ago where they put their athletes and coaches in front yeah. of a... A Illinois background and then recently they've had advertisements on said background because before they just you could talk to a coach or athlete and there was no you didn't have to have a graduate assistant SID shuffle the background <laughs> <laughs> in there to uh to get the the Illinois logo there for all the all the cameras sake but no that's an interesting point Steve but uh you know if if that were to ever happen we you know move on and Right, we, that would be the story in itself. Right, too. Exactly. <laughs> I could, I could yeah, write we call itself, it. Too. We call it free press. It's right. a free press. Right, we're not paying. It's not paying for the press. So no, I, I, I don't think that'll have, ever happen. I don't think that would be something that anybody would expect. But if they did ask, we, Matt's right. We'd say, uh, no, we're fine. We're thanks, good. But, thanks, but we'll no, find thanks. something else. Right yeah. yeah, thanks for yeah, exactly. Let's uh, go to the phones. We do have the phone line open. Let's say good evening to Carl. What's on your mind, Carl? Well, uh, I've been wondering about something for a long time. Um, Brett Bielema has been talking about how he coaches the coaches. Now, maybe other coaches have been doing this before, but I never heard anybody talk about it. What say you, Bob? Oh, they all do it. They all you got to have people working with you that you trust and they are, they all have to, I think what he mostly means is they're, we're all on the same page. Okay. When we all go out and do something, we all, all, all talk. We're talking about the same thing. We're talking to kids the same way. That's what he's talking about. I don't think it's so much X's and O's, although that's part of it. I think it's more uh, kind of the mandate from the program. So he's the one that sets the tone. Everybody else kind of follows along, and if you don't follow along, you'll be moving on. But I think he's found some guys with this group that are really willing to listen to him and learn and get better together. So that's why people have talked about this group. You, Carl, I think you said it, how good they are. And I think a lot of that is that they all seem to want to work well together, and that's really important. Well, I recall back years ago, maybe when you were in diapers, Bob, or something, there was a uh, receiver uh, at USC called J.K. McKay, the son of the head coach, John McKay. And somebody from ABC said, well, how does it feel to be coached by your father? And he says, my father doesn't coach the players. He coaches the coaches. Anyway. Well, that's five, four, and John McKay, if you look at the guys he had on the staffs, 
It was on real people. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, yeah, again, the, the head coach can't really do everything. So he's got to kind of find people that he trusts. So it's kind of like a tree, right? So he, he, he reaches out the branches, the assistant coaches branches. They talk to players, and the players are part of this whole thing. So, so I think it's a, that's kind of a valid point. I think Brett Bielema is definitely determined to make this work at Illinois. If he wants to make it work, make work he's got to have guys that trust him and because he trusts. So I think that's what he's talking about. Anything else, Alrighty. Carl? Thanks a lot, Bob. Yep, Carl, thanks yep, for the call. Thank we you. appreciate it. Need to take a break at uh, 527. We'll keep the phone lines open, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, back with more after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS at 530. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Steve Kelly, along with Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Scott Ritchie is here as well. Bob Osmussen is on the telephone with us. And, Bob, the uh, month of June, just about over now, will be before too long. Uh, give me your assessment of what uh, has gone on football-wise. They've had a lot of people come through uh, the gates, so to speak, over at Memorial Stadium with various uh, visits and camps and such going on. What's your impression of how June is gone now that things are open back up? Well, the, the, first of all, it was something they needed to take advantage of this, and I think they're doing that. They're getting a lot of people in. We don't know all they've, you know, all, well, I guess we do know all they've offered. We don't know where they are with all those guys. Now, obviously, they've got, got a lot of commits from the state of Illinois and beyond that. That's good. And they're rising up the rankings and recruiting. That's good. I think it's important for this first class for Bilama to be pretty highly ranked. I don't think it needs to be top 10. I don't think that'll happen. But I think top 30 is be, be fairly critical. If you look back at his classes when he was at Wisconsin, they weren't always very highly ranked, but they were guys that fit what he wanted to do. And I think that's what you're going to look for so much as anything. We might see the guys say, well, a two-star what, you're from wherever. It didn't look like it's going to be much of a player. Well, if you dig deeper, deeper, you'll find maybe that guy kind of fits up a role that this guy wants long-term. So I think we should not really be quite this quick to judge based on the stars of these guys. Think maybe more, look at the kind of level of guys they are, where's getting guys from. And he's, he's thinking beyond this year. You might take a player now because his brother's great or another team is great that you can get a year or two down the road. So I think a lot of that's going on. We've got the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Let's go to the phones in Champaign. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I was just thinking, uh, the last time you had uh, Josh Whitman on that, the roundtable, the university hadn't announced the uh, vaccination plans yet where all the students were required to them. So I wondered what implications that would have then for the, for the fall because they're probably going to have to still keep testing because not all the universities in the Big Ten or word around the country are going to have the same policy, right? So the, the thing that jumped out right. at me was the NC State uh, debacle this weekend, you know? So those are players that were vaxxed and are already testing positive, just like there's players all over the place, like Chris Paul, for example. So how are we getting around this? Well, they're not getting around it. I don't think, Eric. I think they will. It's mandated by the university. So I think I wish I wish they had been known before we talked to Josh Whitman because I, there were a lot of questions about COVID. And he kind of, you know, said he wanted, he wanted to say, I think, frankly, I think personally they should mandate the vaccine because they, we know 
obviously there's been some things where it doesn't work for everybody, but it works pretty much mostly for everybody. So I think they should make a mandate for every player on the team. You don't play, get the vaccine. Pretty pretty easy. And the NC State thing was well, kind of kind of ridiculous, actually, if you ask me, because the, the players had they knew where they where they potentially were going. And they just chose not to follow along, and I don't get that, frankly. So, you know, you got people that are really sick with things, you know, whatever, cancer, whatever. They would give anything. They'd take it, be able to take a shot and survive, okay? And you get these people who are, like, not doing this because it makes no sense to me. I, I don't get it. So I think what happened in the state can happen here. And Illinois has been great about the COVID, in my mind. They've done a great job in terms of keeping people safe, testing, in the various vaccines out there, but they need to. I think what the president did was the right thing, frankly. I'm glad they did. My daughter's, my daughter's I, going I, in the fall. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I agree with you. I'm just I'm more concerned with the other schools that aren't doing it, and therefore it's going to lead to be, having to be tested and get all these false, you know, you're going to get people that were vaxxed positive. You know, yeah. But <laughs> if, you're like, out, if you know? think about it, Eric, other than maybe wrestling, you know, football, even though there's obviously there's, there's contact all the time, I think we kind of figured out that you've got to be exposed to somebody for a while. I don't think just tackling the guy, you're going to get exposed, you'll get the disease. I don't think that. I think, you know, I think Illinois will still do some, you know, maybe random testing just to make sure nobody gets through the cracks. But I think generally, you're playing the games in the fall, I don't think you're going to worry about the other team. You're going to worry about yourself. If the entire Illinois football team is vaccinated, the chance of them getting having much of a spread is pretty much pretty minimal. But we have players on there that are not vaccinated. Are they hanging out wherever they're in town or whatever? Then you got a problem. So I think the best best solution is do what the do what the president said: get the vaccine, get it over with. And you know you can't worry about everything, but I think the chances are pretty minimal in my mind. But whatever. I, I know when I talked to, to Randy Ballard, uh, who's got a very long title in the DIA, but he's basically been the point person on all COVID uh, activities right. uh, and protocols and things like that for Illinois since the get-go. I know when I talked to him back in mid-May, um, he stressed you know, how important vaccines are because if you aren't vaccinated, he said he wasn't sure at the time. And again, this was about six weeks ago, so I'm not sure as – Randy's told me, and he's been on these airwaves too. He's come up with plans throughout the past 15 months and had to rip them up the same day and start on over uh, on new plans the next day. But he said that unvaccinated uh, student athletes might still have to go get tested uh, a couple times a week and might still have similar protocols that are, have been in place throughout the pandemic. So he and he said too the feedback that he'd gotten from a lot of student athletes at Illinois was that they were getting vaccinated or had been vaccinated already. So I'd say the overwhelming majority of Illinois student athletes again don't have a exact number or percentage I think are pro vaccine and either have been vaccinated or plan on getting vaccinated uh here here at the U of I anything else Eric no that'll be all guys have a have a good show yep appreciate the call 217-356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in Monday night sports talk we're with you until six o'clock Bob while we're on the subject of football June is about done We've got a couple more days in the month, but uh, your thoughts on how things have gone during this month for the new coaching staff? Oh, again, I think they're making headway, which is, you know, they weren't left with the, you know, but they got a lot of guys back, a lot of seniors back. 
But they got a lot of work for 22 and 23 to do. So I think they've done some good work. Uh, you know, again, it's, you know what I see more than anything is the attitude of players that are around. There's, they seem pretty fired up. They seem like they're, they feel like confident in where they are. I think, you know, you talk to guys, Isaiah Williams last week, Steve, I think you were there. That was really eye opening. It was like, wow. I mean, he's always been a nice kid, a great kid, but he was just like supremely confident. I thought, I thought that's a good sign. The fact that that guy is feeling so good about this group that they, you know, just, I think every time I talk to a player from there or a coach from there, I feel like they have a little bit better of a sense of where they're going. And they've got work to do. My goodness. And I think people, and I've been one of them, I've said they can win six games. So of course they can. They can also lose 10 games. So it's, there's a big, you know, the big, big wide window they can win or lose this year. So I don't think we should count on anything, but I do think they have a chance to be better than most people think. Speaking of uh, the Illinois football program, the Illinois Quarterback Club is hosting its annual golf outing coming up on July the 26th on uh, the Orange Course at Savoy. It's the 26th annual golf outing, dinner, and auction. Of course, new coaching staff. Most of those guys will be there. If you're interested in getting a team in that, you can certainly do it. You can call uh, Mike Walner at the uh, U of I Golf Course for more information on that. But I wanted to get the date in uh, your head there, if you'd like to think about it. It's the 26th Annual Illini Quarterback Club Golf Outing, July the 26th. So mark that on your calendar, and we'll talk more about that as that date gets closer. 538, we'll take a break and be back with more talk on this Monday night program, the Monday night sports talk here on DWS. Back with more after this. Welcome back to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk. Chugging along until 6 o'clock. It is 5.42 right now with the phone lines open, 356-9397, area code 217. Here's truly Steve Kelly along with the sports editor of the News Gazette, Matthew Daniels. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen is with us on the telephone. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like uh, to join us at that aforementioned telephone number here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Basketball, uh, Scott, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your piece in uh, yesterday's paper on Ty Pence. A lot of interest when a when a local guy gets uh, recruited by the Big U and uh, still got two years of high school yet to play. It's an interesting uh, dynamic, is it not? Yeah, and just all of the changes to recruiting over the last year plus probably you know affected how his recruitment played out because it's not always the case where you know Illinois offers first and then you get you know maybe a run of mid-majors after that um a lot of times that is flipped where maybe a guy's getting mid-major interest and offers and then starts playing better and the and the, the big boys come calling like uh, Mark Smith so 100% like Mark <laughs> Smith uh so yeah, in this case uh you know a really good spring uh with uh Mid Pro Academy, I think, boosted uh, Ty's stock a little bit, you know, because he plays on a, a team, you know, starting five. They're all going to be Division One players, somewhere, um, and you know, he played really well and maybe stood out a little bit. And then, you know, June hits, and then by the mid June, that's when you know coaches can start contacting class of twenty twenty three recruits directly. But you know, obviously, he got his Illinois offer before that, and he's got a half dozen now, and is visiting UIC this week where sort of imagine 
that Luke Yaklich and his staff might offer, you know, and join in on the party. But uh, I got a chance to watch him last week uh, in a summer league, summer league type game in Rantoul, and like he's a legit Division One, I, I think, legit high major prospect. I mean, you see, could you see him playing in the Big Ten? Yeah, because for just completing his sophomore year, mm-hmm. he's six six, hundred ninety one pounds. Like he looks the part of kind of that big 10 wing but he's a really good shooter and then he also plays above the rim i mean he, he's a really good athlete on top of it um good passer like it i can see why brad underwood would be interested it's all a numbers game sometimes the numbers don't necessarily add up when you think of how many offers that are out there and um what's the stop i mean if you're a young guy i don't want to use ty pence as an example but in that scenario he's still got two years of high school yet to play he has an offer from what could or may be his dream school I don't know that it is let's just do a generic thing and take his name out of it but if he wants to commit and say you know if they want me out that's where I want to be how's that work that's uh, an interesting question because it's not always a straightforward process not every offer is the same some offers are hey we're interested for sure here's an offer to prove that we're interested maybe it's not committable just quite yet right we'd like to see you a little more but this is we're we're in we're getting in the door early so you remember that we were among the first to offer Uh, others are and say like we'll we'll put a name on it because like if jj taylor at kenwood wanted to commit immediately after he got his Illinois offer they would have open, welcomed him with open arms. And he's, he's got a, a couple more years left, too, in high school? He's a 2023 recruit. 2023, Yeah, okay. but he's like a legitimate top 10 national yeah. prospect. Um, so it, it's different. Uh, but uh, just when talking with Ty, like, the Illinois offer was a big deal to him. Sure. But he also understands that hey, maybe he had the maturity or his family and, you know, kind of thought, thought about it, like, just make sure. And I think they wanted to see other places. I mean, you know, they they were impressed by what they saw at Illinois um, on his unofficial visit. But I think they kind of understood that. Let's make sure this is great. We've been going to Illinois games forever. Sure. It's close by, but maybe there's some place else you haven't thought about that you'll love and it'll be the right fit. And let's see that place first. Well, it's not like football when you've got <laughs> dozens of. Offers you can make those kind of offers, and and some of them would be certainly committable at any point. So it's it's kind of a tough situation there, tough uh, decision for a guy like that. Yeah, and like college basketball teams have typically, and typical has kind of gone out the window these days with the the transfers being the way they are. But like three to three or four on average scholarships to work with every year, three maybe being closer to. You know, the number and with the one-time freebie transfer, all those scholarships aren't going to go to high school kids anymore. Well, so. and we did some quick math that over the next three, let's say three classes, there's almost 100 <laughs> Illinois offers out there. Yeah, and that doesn't take into account each offseason when there's 1,700 players in the transfer <laughs> portal right. or more that, you know, add to the equation. Um, so it's a... Uh, it's there's nothing straightforward about this. Uh, uh, recruiting is uh, an animal, a beast of its own making. But uh, for now, 
guy like Ty Pence has maybe shown that he should be getting and probably will, in my estimation, get more high major interest in offers. Well, th- like you said, Scott, his his AAU program has five guys that are going to play Division One basketball, and I think Ty Pence has already made himself known, made himself known that he's going to play Division One basketball at some school, wherever it may be. And if you're Brad Underwood and the Illinois staff, I think you've made a smart decision in, in offering a local kid that's 15, 20 minutes away from your campus because yeah. if the opposite happened and Tom Izzo swoops in or Matt Painter or uh, Juwan Howard or whoever else is like, hey, here's a scholarship offer, and then Illinois is trying to play catch up there, then Illinois can, like you said, Scott, can say, hey, we were there right from the beginning. And, um, you know, it's pretty pretty curious. It's been interesting for me to see Pence's development over the years. Um, he's a, the youngest of three siblings, all who played sports at St. Joseph Ogden High School, all who had successful athletic careers. And he's a multi-sport athlete too, so he's not just – Focusing on basketball, he played golf last fall. He was on starting infielder on the baseball team. That's really good at St. Joe. Uh, he played football as a freshman. Uh, won't be playing football. Won't be playing football. He did not play football this past season because it conflicted with, with basketball and um, basketball and baseball. But he's a guy that's been around. Um, his family is well-connected to athletics. His older brother, Jake, was a starting point guard on the St. Joseph Ogden team that won a state title in 2016, and then he was a manage, football manager uh, at the University of Illinois under Lovie Smith. His uh, older sister, Kenzie, who's a softball standout for SJO, plays softball at Illinois State. So this is a family that is used to athletics and knows what it's like, and, and he's just the latest one, and he's gotten the most high-level interest so far. And it's curious, too, because I remember seeing him at some of his siblings' athletic events in the past, and he was just a normal-looking kid, and then he just had a growth spurt, and he's huge now. Well, some of those pictures <laughs> you dug out yeah. were, were interesting, and I thought, uh, in that piece. i got to ask you, we're starting a new week. What's the <laughs> is, there a, is there a third assistant coach? Yeah. No. Tyler well, Underwood, no. Well, <laughs> well, it, it's looking like there will be a place, perhaps, on the staff for yeah, Tyler Yeah, I mean, the Underwood. fact that Tyler's been – you know, he got the special dispensation to go out and recruit because they don't have three full-time assistants. Right. Uh, that makes me think that he's going to stick around Champagne and work for work for his dad after playing for his dad. Um, but no, no, there's you know, the way that Josh Whitman talked about it in his media roundtable, calling it a timing issue only. Sounds like they have their guy and right. just can't announce it for whatever reason right now. Um, so I, at this point, I. It'll come when you least expect it, and except I do expect it because it'll be like five o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this yeah, just happened. Right. This just got finalized at four fifty on Friday. Yeah, Josh so. last week just kind of told, not necessarily us, but I guess we were in since we were in the room and when he said it. But I think he was talking more to fans, perhaps just chill a little bit that they've got things covered on that. Yeah, and like maybe if if Brad Underwood had said that a couple weeks prior then we could have forestalled all the freaking out on social media and message boards and whatever about who the third assistant will be and and who will fill Jeff Alexander's older role as assistant to the head coach or whatever name that position might have uh, just a staff role I think a lot of fans are wondering why okay maybe they get it on the third assistant that there's some timing matter but why on the old Jeff Alexander role, can they go ahead and do that? I mean, I don't know that there's an answer <laughs> for that. Like, this, this thing has dragged on much longer I than, than I anticipated. Because you think back, you know, Orlando Antigua, Chen Coleman, I mean, 
their departure kind of dragged out longer than it maybe it should have or needed to or whatever. But the day that they were announced at Kentucky, Chester Frazier was hired. And then, you know, the moves for Stephen Gentry, you know, leaving the program eventually, and, you know, a few days later he wound up where everyone knew he was going back at Gonzaga. Like they announced that Jeff Alexander had been promoted and quickly after, after that. So <laughs> now we're, I don't know, we're like two months deep into this and I'm just ready for it to be over. Hey, Bob, before we uh, let you go, tell me what you're working on this week. Well, whatever Matt tells me to do, <laughs> but I've got a column. I think it's running tomorrow, it Matt. Is. running tomorrow now. It is. Right. As, a, as, of right, as of right now, it is. Well, things happen. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Bobby Jackson's son, our former line safety, his son, is a high-level recruit. And I wrote about kind of his situation with Illinois, which there's not much situation. He's going to end up so we're really good, just not here. But it, what about him? Talk to his dad. He's great. So, well, that and makes me feel old. I'll do some more football. What's that? So that makes me feel old. I need to. That's exactly what I thought, David. It's like you can't possibly have a kid ready to go, go to college. And sure enough, he does. So, anyway. well, all right, Bob. We'll let you go. Appreciate uh, you checking in Thanks, with guys. us. We'll uh, see, you. Yeah. see you, Bobby. We'll talk to you along the way, Bob. Messing yeah. with us by telephone here this evening. He's down in St. Louis. Goofing around, or maybe he's going to a ball game. Yeah, maybe he's the the spark the Cardinals <laughs> offense needs. Hey, they're, he, the Cardinals are starting the mighty Wade LeBlanc tonight on the mound. So. Yeah, there's a guy that uh, we didn't know about two weeks ago. Didn't know about, <laughs> but uh, I also didn't know that he's been around 13 years. Yeah, and he's probably the Cardinals' second best starter right now. Yeah, that's even the though sad he's never part. started a game until. And that's just you know that's the sad part, but that's just one of several sad parts that. It's not just the pitching; it's really the the hitting is terrible. Yes, and uh, and, <laughs> just, and 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 Mike Schultz, about all this. Mike Schultz, uh, talking after the game yesterday about how they battled. You know, they were getting no hit. Perfect game. Perfect by gamed a, <laughs> by a guy making his first major league start, but yeah, who got knocked around in Double A just hey, a couple of weeks ago. Let's, let's all uh, bust out the orange slices. Yeah, and, and they we'll come back and score two runs off the bullpen or whatever, and they really battled. Yeah, whatever. But uh. <laughs> well, the thing is, is it's. I think the concerning part for me is not, not just the play on the field, which is mightily concerning, but it's just almost the, the apathy, kind of surrounding the Cardinals right now, where they're not even halfway through the season, and folks are already know this is kind of a lost season in St. Louis, and I don't think there's any, any hope of it turning around at all. You take one final break, and then we'll have some final words for you in this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. A couple of minutes left on Monday Night Sports Talk with yours truly, Steve Kelly, Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels. Bob Osmussen was with us by telephone as well. Coming up, baseball tonight. The Cardinals scheduled to play Arizona in St. Louis. The Cubs are at Milwaukee. We know they'll get that game in. And uh, some nice work in the uh, paper over the weekend. Matthew, I thought, not only on Scott's uh, story on Ty Pence, but on your soccer awards as well. Yeah, we had our 23rd annual News Gazette All-Area Girls High School Soccer Teams in Sunday's paper. And uh, this coming Sunday will be our All-Area Girls Track and Field Package. So Colin Lackis is our hardy working hard at that. He's also going to catch up with uh, a lot of former high school baseball players who are playing in the minor leagues as well. So be on the lookout for that later this week. You also had uh, a story on 
the state basketball <laughs> tournament. You got some different responses on that. Yeah, varied responses from uh, several notable sports writers throughout the state about uh, Champaign as kind of the hub for football and uh, boys basketball state tournaments. So uh, be sure to check that out at newsgazette.com. Real quick, Scott, what are you working on this week? I have some recruiting stuff over the next three days, uh, and then um, name, image, and likeness, I think, is going to take up a better part of my week. I think it is. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This has been Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk to you again soon.